I would rather go small and live a big life as opposed to, you know, live a quote, quote, big life and live small. Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. So, you guys know my life is never dull, right? We've gotten that down. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to go ahead and say amen for the sponsor, SiteLock. And not because they're sponsoring the podcast, but because they have caught some malware on my site. Uh, yeah, life is never dull. I'll be sharing that with you. But before we jump into today's episode with Chuck Wang, which this was just a cool episode. And, uh, well, of course, I love them all. Do you see how I have to... Um, qualify i like everybody um but chuck was great and and there's that there's that um that amazing thing that happens when you find that entrepreneur who is all about making your magic happen uh, right along with growing a business right but yeah so site lock saving my butt this week uh which is why of course i'm excited to bring to you my sponsor site lock and for the over 1 million site lock customers who are using wordpress managing website security services has never been easier I mean this, you guys, the, the whole dashboard is super easy to use. And I've started working on my post. Uh, but with the SiteLock plugin for WordPress, you can access your security dashboard from within WordPress, meaning you do not need to log into SiteLock, which allows you to stay focused on what's most important, your business, your passion, your word. So be sure to check out SiteLock at sitelock.com forward slash WPChick. And I will be bringing that, uh, um, I almost said episode, I'll be bringing that video and post to you probably uh, about 10 days or so from this podcast going live after we clean up the stuff that we have found. And let me tell you, to be able to hop on the phone with support, like in, in minutes was, was outstanding. And actually they gave me a call. So I got an email and then next thing you know, I got a call. So support is fantastic. Yep. Hashtag love site lock. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and you guys are going to really love Chuck Wang. We just, I had a ball and one of those people that you feel like you've known for a long time. So this is for you entrepreneurs out there, consultants, and who are looking to, how do I want to say this, but really find that sweet spot, right? That you get to pull in what you love doing and scale and drive a business that works in the way you want to live your life. So you guys are going to love Chuck. Enjoy the episode. As always, thanks so much for listening. Before we get into inspired.works, and I'm just going to reiterate for the listeners that all of the links to to Chuck's site, his podcast, everything will be in the show notes. Um, but before we get into inspired.works, your business, your podcast, can you fill us in on what you were doing before you launched this and, and started this piece of your life, I guess? Sure, absolutely. So my background is in the litigation support and e-discovery field. I had a e-discovery firm for 16 years. I started that right out of college. It's one of those things where I kind of fell into it. I, I originally didn't want to have this position or this job. I, <laughs> I interviewed for a sales position and one thing led to another. I was able to, to see where their business was and where technology was going. And I kind of put those two things together and, and create this essentially the foundation for what is e-discovery today. You got to Okay. Explain the whole, explain what you were doing a little bit. <laughs> okay. Sure. So. What that is, is, you know, attorneys go to trial, they have mountains and mountains of data that they have to sift through. 
it's a discovery process. And what they do is they go through all the documents and they look for what they need to prove their case. And what I was able to do was I was able to streamline their entire document process. So they have bottlenecks throughout their, their lit document litigation support life cycle. And I know this might be getting a little too granular, but the point is I was able to streamline their process and give them information that they were able to use timely and in a reproducible way that they could scale and automate. And that was the key behind everything that I was doing. But that really wasn't what you wanted to be doing. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It, um, it wasn't, you know, the truth is I didn't know what I want to, to do at the time. And that's kind of what's really interesting because I think we see a lot of people today in this new online world and this new online space going through the same process. And I believe if we dig down deep, we can find our own most valuable process. God, I love that, Chuck. And it, it, it made me think of a, um, it was a recent talk Elizabeth Gilbert gave, and I think it was on an Oprah thing that she was doing, but where she used to tell people, you know, find your passion. And, and I'm sure with the amount of people you have talked to, um, and I have friends who are like, but I don't know what my passion is, or I don't have a passion. And, you know, this talk that she gave really honed in, forget your passion. <laughs> like, you have to just start taking a step forward, because otherwise you feel like, well, I can't start until I've got a fire lit within me. And in my own experience, like, God, 10 years ago, I had no idea any of this was even a possibility, right? And and so you, it's it's simply through the taking of the action and the doing, like you probably, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you got clearer about what you wanted to do in doing what you didn't want to do. <laughs> exactly. And I think you hit it right on the head. Saying no or being able to say no and putting yourself in that position to do that is the most powerful thing that you'll be able to do in your lifetime because you get spread so thin with everything you have going on. And it's like taking your life back, taking your time back. You can't get that back. You can't. Well, look at, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a mentor um, last week about, look at the the tiny house movement, right? It's It's becoming a big movement, no pun intended, because people are tired of being house poor, um, or house rich, I guess, and, and cash poor because they want their lives back. They want more time to experience, you know, it, it's very easy to forget and get caught up. And I think that whole idea of having it all and stuff, people are, you can't take it with you. So there's, there's a balance there. So let's, can you share your, you, you share some really personal challenges you went through on your about page on the site. Um, so kind of fill in what happened with, so you, you, you were in this, you, you solved this problem for attorneys, the discovery process. Um, what brought you to the end of that? And then where you're at? It's just kind of what we just talked about right, right before this little segue. I, I lost sight of what was important. I became, um, I guess, I don't know, house rich and then uh, soul poor, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I created the Inspire Works podcast was as actually a, human experiment to change my social condition. Okay. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's crazy because we're, we're all programmed in very, very specific ways because look, we all want to go out and get that big house, the BMW, whatever it might be. Right. And I, I put myself in a position where I was able to do all of that, but I lost track of what was really important. My relationships, purpose, helping others succeed, those types of very, very important fundamentals. And when you do that, you lose sight of who you are as a person and you chase the wrong dreams. So Inspired Works was kind of my gateway drug to help me get out of that. But how did you, how did you leave all that? So, you know, here, here's an example. I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show before, but um, 
you know, before I started this, um, I was in retail management and I loved the company I worked for. I was going to open the first district for them, be a district manager. And it was like, I actually got myself fired and it wasn't, it, I remember my boss crying about it and, but it, it wasn't horrific. I mean, I was paying somebody out of my pocket to work off the clock, right? Because I cut payroll. So in essence, I was kind of giving to the company, but no, no. At this, my point though was it was like, I almost had to force my own hand because I knew there was no way that I could just in my head, like how, when, when you have this great job, you've got benefits, everything is moot, you know, and especially after what I'd been through with losing my husband, it was like the rest of the world probably would have looked at me like I was crazy. Right. And, and so in a way I forced my own hand to get out of it. So I, I think that, you know, when you hit that point where you said soul poor innately, I think we know what we need and whether it's forcing your hand or making a conscious decision, oftentimes we find a way to get there. And not totally. It's funny that we're talking about this. Part of who we are, who we become, wants to forget where we kind of came from when it hurts so bad. And it's funny that we're talking about this today because I really haven't thought about those aspects in a long time because I've come such a, a long way. But you're right. I hit complete rock bottom. And what that was is I, I was chasing the mighty dollar at everything, at the expense of everything else, family, relationships. And what happened was I was able to amass, you know, whatever was it's like two, two million in assets. I always had, it was kind of sickening. It was fun. It was great. I always had, you know, a quarter million in cash, but those types of things, what happens is if you start chasing the wrong goals, you know, I went for a home run. I got greedy and at the expense of everything else, I got, I got tagged out. And what happened was I actually went, I had to file for bankruptcy. So you take a person that really values money, at least up to my, up to that point, that's pretty much all I value. It seemed like money and having fun which isn't a bad thing, but if you're not, you know, in control, if you're not in line with your purpose and what you're meant to do, it throws everything out of whack. Now, the saving grace behind that is hitting rock bottom. The universe does weird things and it will, it creates all these opportunities for you because there's, there are so many different opportunities available to us, but it's about learning, learning those mistakes, getting past those and transcending who you are at that point in time so you can become a better person. And that was journey. That was the process. And, you know, what was it? Honestly, at that time, I wanted to save my relationship, but everything I was doing was, wasn't congruent with that. And I wasn't able to communicate that with my ex at the time. So fast forward through bankruptcy, on the back end of it, I was able to do quite a few things. You know, outside of bankruptcy, I was actually able to amass like 300,000 um, within a year of being bankrupt, filing for chapter 13 bankruptcy, which is, you know, it's a long process. But once I had the condo back, once I had everything else back, the one thing I wanted there wasn't there. And that was the relationship. So, you know, you come home to an empty house, it doesn't even matter anymore. So I, I would rather go small and live a big life as opposed to, you know, live a quote, quote, big life and live small. Ooh, that's a total tweetable. <laughs> write that one down. But I agree with you. It's so easy to get caught up. And what I think is fascinating, Chuck, about your story is it's like you wanted the money and you were able to... You were able to get there, first of all, because a lot of people, what I have found, and I think it's, you know, we could go in 12 different directions probably with this interview, is our own beliefs around things. And in a way, I trust that when I'm doing something for the money, it's just, it's never going to do what I want it to do, if that makes sense. Completely. From that perspective, what did you do in terms of driving the, you, you said you went from bankruptcy to $300,000 in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you do to get there? So, you know, it's funny. People think about these overnight successes. They don't, they don't exist. 
that that three hundred thousand. It was a you know it was a five year it was a three to five year process that started with my bankruptcy attorney. So the game plan we we create a game plan coming going into it to ensure that I set myself up to succeed, Ooh, whether it be. Okay. Um, for example, I don't mind because it's, I think it's public knowledge actually, um, <laughs> on my bank, on my bankruptcy, I had a first and second on a commercial office space that I owned and I was able to get the value of my office space down to what it was actually worth, what people were actually going to pay for it. And then when the market came back up, I was, I was able to come out ahead, but the only way I was able to do that was to just strip out my second loan through the bankruptcy process. You know? So, I mean, there's a, a whole bunch of other things we did along the way, but that was just one example of what you can do to set yourself up to win. But again, it all, it is a part of a plan. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Okay. So let's, let's pull forward. So thank you for sharing all that because I think a lot of people um, listening, l- let me ask you this, because we may have a lot of listeners who've been in that position. What shifted within you to get you through that? Being in service to other people. And then it's, it's the craziest thing. It was community service. It was becoming involved with San Diego social venture partners. And what they they are is they're essentially a group of industry experts have come together to leverage their, not only their money, but their talents and expertise to help nonprofit organizations scale their message in a sustainable way. And I say sustainable because a lot, I think the nonprofit industry is is really broken because they rely way too much on, on, on handouts as opposed to having a quote unquote business model that, that functions, right? A self-sustaining business model. And I totally again, agree. <laughs> I believe this happens in the online space as well with businesses, but we'll get to that. Um, no, so being of service to others. And when I was able to help someone, like when we do coaching, I, I don't call myself a coach. I call myself, I'm a, I'm a business person. But when we help our clients, we see a certain smile when and then when they get it, right? And everything resonates through and through. And you know for a fact that they can move forward. Like helping other people, there's something about that's so powerful, so universal that it's it gave me a life again. That was my that was my guiding light out of that whole darkness because I pretty much employed my relationship. I um, I made it a conscious effort to transition out of my industry because I wanted a better life. But the only way to do that was really, really hit the reset button. You can't hard to do. You can't just half asset and, you know, try to transition out of it slowly. It doesn't work. Well, that, and I think it's kind of like, it's hard if your environment and the day to day is all the same, you know, and maybe, and and not everybody can, can necessarily maybe do that massive reset or, uh, you know, do a big shift right at once. But I do think that you have to make a real conscious choice to start shifting that stuff. Absolutely. But you know what? I won't lie. I I do miss the office. I actually lived at my office for a period of six months. Um, <laughs> and it's true. Uh, it's, I actually have video of this. It's pretty funny. What I miss about it though, is it's actually very quiet at a commercial building at night when no one's there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally getting visions of all these weird movies. Go ahead. <laughs> right. And then also um, we, I had, uh, I guess house cleaning came through each night. So I was really well taken care of. <laughs> and you started to get to know them, right? And yeah. Okay. So, so you're saying you miss the office? No, I, I do. I, I miss aspects of the office. Of, of the office. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it, do you think that you can sort of, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but like, I, I don't know, recreate that because, you know, when I think about when people ask me like, do you miss, you know, working like outside of, you know, your own business and stuff? I'm like, no, I mean, there's, there's camaraderie and the companionship that you miss with working with other people in that aspect. But I'm like, no, I never want keys to someone else's building again. Right. No, I actually, I would, and I will, 
I will actually, I'm sure I will sooner or later, uh, either buy my own, buy my own office space again and, and create a shop. I, I work better. It's weird outside of the house, even though it's kind of the same thing if I was there all the time, but it's just a different feel. Yeah. It's just, it just is for me. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay. So let's talk, you know, I was mentioning earlier that you had inspired.works, but the, the primary thing that you are driving right now in your main business is mvp.consulting. Um, first of all, I think it's kind of cool that you've got these different extensions for domain names where, you know, I think most people assume it's, you know, you know, .com or .net or something, but I love the mvp.consulting. So fill me in on, on what that business is, and then we'll talk a little bit about the podcast too. Sure. I, what it is, is all about creating your most valuable process. And each process that we use throughout our, our business and our business life cycle is unique. Every business, every person is unique. And you have to identify that. And we're going, going back to that whole discovery process. You have all this information in your hands, especially in today's online world. It's about sifting through all that data, creating a streamlined process so that you can automate eventually your expertise, your genius. So that's, that's the gist of it. Okay. So you're going to have to give, can you give me an, so first of all, so you do consulting. I know mm-hmm. that sounds obvious, right? MVP.consulting. All right. Do you have a story or an example where you've been able to take someone and streamline their genius into an automated sure. process? Absolutely. So you take, I'm working with a company out of Denmark. They're called Hindenburg Systems. And what they do is they create podcast software. They create broadcast quality software. And what they're doing is they want to streamline their process. And what they want to do is they have an inbound marketing strategy that they've always wanted to create, but they even they haven't had the resources or the manpower to do it. And what I've been able to do is create that inbound strategy for them. And what that means, what it looks like is, for example, there'll be a podcast movement. And what we're doing is we're creating their a physical opt-in because that's what they used to do before, quote unquote, physical opt-in. What that looked like was people would give you a business card and um, you know the owners would manually key in this information. But, you know, we can sidestep that. We can reduce those steps by having little things like an iPad at the table and having subscribers subscribe right there on the spot or using different services like easy texting where you can text to subscribe to receive a free trial. And then on the back end of it, we create the email marketing campaign. So we're removing a lot of the, the human elements of manual entry that they used to do. That's one example. Okay. First of all, can you share what their um, what their software is? Sure. It's uh, they have five different product lines, but the one that's most relevant is, is called Journalist Pro. Okay. And what they're able to do with Journalist Pro is it, it makes podcasting easy. You know, it's almost almost a one button publish type situation where you can publish it to different media hosts like Libsyn or SoundCloud, and it's all the time that you can save in between. It makes such a big difference. Yeah, it's definitely time intensive. <laughs> it's definitely time intensive. Um, okay, what about in, as opposed to uh, and not putting you on the spot, a, a, a company? What about like a solopreneur, an entrepreneur? You know, how would how could they work with you? Sure. You know, one of the funny things is it's about what resonates with you. And on our podcast together, Kim, one of the things that really resonated with about you with me is, is just your <laughs> your love for life. But it was so much fun. You know, having that resonate with me made me want to look into what you were doing. And we talked about different things that you're, that you're up to. I want to reveal something now that, you know, it's pretty, I've been thinking about this because we have a <laughs> show coming up. And after our show, I was almost like, you know, if I left this online space, I could actually, I'd be, I'd be happy because I could look to people like you 
right? That I, I know, like, and trust and pull from your resources because you do a great content curation. Well, thanks. <laughs> no, you do. And uh, like active campaign. I was on, uh, you know, oh. <laughs> a, a different program before, but not, not using active campaign uh, just because, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's great to have resources that you can trust. But with me, it's not that you can't trust me, <laughs> but my, my, my stake is much different. I, I function much better in a B2B space. It's much longer term sales. Yeah. But in the B2C environment, what I like to do is help people create that one on one type interaction. Because if you're trying to get in the online space, there's so much noise that you have to sift through. But don't forget at the end of the day, you have to make that connection. And for example, you can use tools like Blab. And you don't need to have an email listed to you know, have interactions to get market research to even sell anything. So before you start spending a whole bunch of money online that you don't need to, it's one of those things where you have to just understand your own personal process that works best for you and then just align yourself with someone that uh, can help you really uh, tangibly pull all that goodness out of out of you. That is so, it's, it's I love that you were pulling and the two things, one, obviously process is something that you focus on, but that unique piece for the entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's, it, it's fascinating as I've been going through some big changes in my personal life and, and really stepping back and being like, well, what do I really want to be doing with my business? <laughs> you know, because there's a lot going on and, and, and where I light up and have most fun is doing this and connecting with people. And so you start, you start looking at that stuff. But again, it's, you know, one of the things that I pulled from that is, you have to really be able to trust your gut and say what works for me. I mean, to the point where I, it's funny that I find myself not on social media that much right now because I'm trying to get some clarity in my own life. And it's like, if you're constantly following other people and what they're doing, like I, my point is I have to trust my own process. You do. And what the great thing about that is we all have our own quote unquote winning formula. It's something we've already done and established for ourselves really early on. And we get so lost in all these shiny objects that we forget all the goodness and value that we actually have within that's enabled us to succeed. Um, for example, if you, my story, like one of the things, I didn't even want to take that job to begin with back in the day, mm-hmm. but like, like stumbling through that, that process, I learned I, so quickly in real time that I'm able to take really dense information and tech, like tech and put it all together and again, streamline it. So a lot of, a lot of what you do, you've already done before. Now, my suggestion for people is to go back and find that. So where have you succeeded before in the past? Once you recognize that, take that and then apply it to today. Granted, situations are different and we all adapt, but there's a core competency that you do have within that you can leverage time and time again. What are So let me ask you this. Are there any resources or things that you would mention? So if somebody wants to really figure out what their core competency is, like where do they start? It's, it's all about asking questions. It could be a conversation with a friend, a family member, but you know, again, set yourself up in a position where you're in in a healthy space where you can actually do this because you don't want to, you know, have uh, your, your friends feel like they're tearing you down if you're asking for constructive criticism. But it's about asking, like, where have I done well, and having those conversations, and then looking back through. It's it's really easy. It can come down to almost you know three to five questions. You just go back to when you were happiest. Something like a childhood time even where you were able to do something just completely outside of anything that you've ever been able to do and you succeeded so well and so effortlessly. What were those things? Like What were those times? And then after the fact, how did you go about doing that? Then if you can identify the time, 
fast forward in time and see where you have similarities, whether it be at a job, whether it be playing a sport, like what were those key elements that you did that set you apart from everyone else that propelled you to the next level? God, my brain is spinning as, as, I'm, as I was listening to that. And do, don't you find that it's those, those core competencies and when you go back to those times that you individually were shining, you know, you, you stood up in there. But what you said, too, was that it was effortless. And I think, you know, I know Western culture, it's this, this hustle, this work hard, this drive more. And it's like, I'm not sure where with entrepreneurship, it became such a badge of honor to do nothing but, but work. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it that it, I think it is hard work and stuff. But if that's not innately the way you, you work or that's not your own, pro- you're not all you're going to do is be butting your head up against a wall. Right. See, I did that for 16 years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, long, long hours and everything suffered. One of those funny things is I'm not sure if I'm conditioned now to be able to do that or not. Would I want to go back to that those days? No, absolutely not. Because uh, not that I want to find quote, like balance or anything, but I want to have a different type of life. But the point behind that is not everyone should do that, like you said. Absolutely not. And most times I think you'll find is when you find a quiet space, you're actually able to find your genius much faster. It's just random, random times. Like for me, it'll be at three o'clock in the morning. I'll, I'll wake up out of either a dream or maybe I you know, got up to have some water. And then I have to write something down. And that becomes the foundation for something that um, is, is amazing in my, my next project. We all have a lot of different projects, but those are the great times. It, it's so funny. The older I've gotten, and I don't know if this is it either, but I, I need that. I need more downtime. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to get caught up in, in doing more and studying and learning and trying to hone the craft, even if it means you're implementing. You know, I'm not talking about the people that stay in the, the dream phase and the purchasing phase. And because th- that's easy to, feel like you're making progress. Um, God, there was something I heard one time. It was, there's a big difference between activity and productivity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that when you get in alignment with how you work best, it simply flows, right? It's amazing. It's one of the most amazing things. And that's addictive. That is so addictive. Oh my goodness. Like, for example, I have a a mentor and (laughs) working on a project, on a side project, my next business. And it's at three o'clock in the morning. I'm just sitting here typing away. I'm sending him an instant message and I couldn't stop. It's just, you can't stop once you get started, right? And you can, when you get in those moments of your own genius, you don't stop. You, you know, try to harness as much as you, as you can of that because they're so, you know, few and far between. But that's what I say to people. It's like, I can work the craziest of hours when I'm inspired and I'm trusting myself and I'm going with the flow. I will always crash after that, but I, but I've totally accepted, well, that's my process. When I'm on a roll and something is innately inside of me and it's just driving me it's like it's really easy to get that done mm-hmm. so it, it is <laughs> okay so let me ask you this couple things so what made you decide to launch the podcast mvp.consulting truth is a lot of truth today uh, <laughs> truth is i actually didn't want to launch that podcast really it's true i had i had i think i had 27 interviews already in the can um shortly after my first podcast all right the reason why i stopped my first podcast is we talk about being inspired creating you know that digital lifestyle by design but it takes a little, little a lot more than just being inspired to do it and that was one of the things that i, I realized about the show and I, I didn't want to send that message out there continuously without having a hook for people to dig into so the mvp marketing podcast became it came back to what i do and what i know it's that process so i wanted to have something to give people 
um, you know, it's once they're inspired, what they can do with it after the fact so they can continue running. So that's where it came from. But originally I didn't want to do it because I, I wanted to get back into uh, creating a business, like doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of the backstory behind it. But that being said, it has been wildly successful. It's been so much fun and I, I wouldn't re- change it for, for the world because it, in this noisy space, it becomes all about the connections that you have, about those conversations, what you take away from them. And our time is so divided these days. Being able to sit down and talk to you for 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it might be, that I value that more than you'll ever know. You know, these, these types of conversations are priceless to me. So I totally agree. It's like getting this... Um I don't know whether it's, I don't know if mentoring is the right word, but it's like to get to really connect and, and find what's working for other people. First of all, to me, it's a, it's a huge connector, obviously, but it is, it's this, um, gosh, there, there's such a deep realization that we're not in this alone. I think to me with the podcast, it's very easy with online business. You get caught up in the day to day and yeah, you've got people you connect with and stuff. But again, like you're saying to stop and take the time to have this conversation, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's gold. It is gold. And one of the, I think the biggest drawbacks of the online space is that there are so many different outlets and we can go really wide, but having a deep dive with somebody, you know, really getting to know them, it, it changes everything about your, your relationship and your outlook and you know, what you can, how you can help them, all those things. It's amazing. So let me ask you this. So, and I know you do a lot of B2B, but looking at, let, let's just take the online um, space, you know, kind of I don't know, internet marketing, blogging, you know, product creation and whatnot. Like, where do you see opportunities for people? Because I think you've, you know, I I see you as having this very good, like, obviously you've got an analytical mind, um, but you're also in it with your heart. So where are some opportunities you think for people? I say everyone should get out of the internet marketing space, period. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. I was like, Um, totally not what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. Okay. So if you're an author, let's just go down the author route or if you created a solution, my recommendation today is to create an app behind that. What I mean by that is to take people through the experience, a step-by-step experience. It could be as simple as a form field where you create a question and answer, and in that answer space, they get to type their answer, but you lead them through the process. What I hate, hate, hate about the online marketing space is people buying all this, all this great content or these programs, but not doing anything with them or not knowing what to do at the end of it. Yeah. So if you can lead people through and have a script for them to directly read or uh, a progression to follow, that's gold. That's gold. And please over deliver, over deliver on what you're helping people to try to accomplish. I, I was so jazzed the other night. I had a client call and it's a B2C, but helping her create one of her courses. And she was so thankful of everything that I was doing in addition to what I promised I would do for her. I didn't have to, but it's just kind of like what I do. And she's been burned so many different times by so many different like, gurus <laughs> that, you know, it, it, it made me feel good that I was able to help someone in that capacity, that they have more faith in a, typically a very good industry because the online, online marketing space is amazing what we could do today. But it's about finding the right people, resonating with the right message, and then completely over delivering on value. Yeah, and do you find what thank you that was that was huge and so well let's go back a little bit okay so you were saying so take the author space so so creating the app do you mean as in whether it's a web app or you're talking about like a phone app or I just think, the the process like an LMS almost you can actually you know 
I'm specifically talking about um, a phone app. Okay. A phone app, because that's, we have our phones with us all the time. It's actually kind of sickening. But having that real estate, <laughs> your real estate on someone else's real estate, it's amazing if you can actually accomplish that. It totally is. And you know, it, as a side note, and I, this this is coming back to the app part. Um, I've been dipping my toes into some CPA stuff and everything because as I'm going through this this transition about where I want to show up and how I want to do it, and I mean, I'm not walking away from my brand or anything, but what do I want to do with it, right? And so, you know, really looking at that stuff. So I've started paying attention. First of all, I had no idea that sort of CPA, media buying, that's actually all much bigger even than like internet marketing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. So looking at mobile traffic and apps and whatnot, and it's funny because I, <laughs> you're right, we have our phones way too much and I will mindlessly play solitaire sometimes when I'm just hanging out and stuff. Well, the ads that are showing up, it's fascinating to me is there's a new um, project management plugin for WordPress. And I have been hunting for different solutions for this so that we can communicate with clients, but I don't want to be spending, I've got a lot of clients and I don't want to go into a sauna where it's more than they need. Anyways, guess what is showing up in solitaire all the time? So because I have followed it, I've checked out this plugin. So I'm sure it's retargeting done to the finest degree. But the point is like, here's somebody like never in a million years did I think it would get this dialed down. So my point is I, you know, and it's like a yes, no thing. Mm -hmm. So I totally see where you're going with this. One of your, I don't know, I guess one of the most amazing things that you bring to the table is how you curate your content, Kim. I'm not sure if you realize that or not, but like I'm hypercritical of people in our space. Just, you kind of have to be, you know, yeah. but what you're able to do and how you're able to relay those messages and how you're able to, to, to actually walk people through like why it's valuable for them and how it resonates. It's something that it's, it's huge. So if, if whatever it is you decide to do, definitely uh, work that into the equation. Okay, well, I'm going to have to talk to you when we're done in a second because I'm <laughs> like, now I need to pick your brain. Um, but thank you for that. And it's so I think so I guess when you're working with somebody and and guiding them through this process, because, again, there's a lot of ways, you know, that we see. Oh, well, this course or, or this, this tactic, you know, I had a, um, an interview with Todd Brown. Do you know Todd? I don't. Okay. Todd Brown is marketing funnel automation. He's, he's, he's got this, uh, he's got new software called conversion fly anyways, but we had this great conversation talking about the fundamentals and I see people, I, I, I totally did this myself getting into, you know, the first five years probably of trying so many different things. I mean, I stuck with WordPress and the WordPress chick, but where I'm going back now is basic fundamentals, like really trying to master email marketing and copywriting and and get into what does it mean for direct response marketing? And like, I'm having fun, but testing headlines. Never thought I would do any of this, right? But there's so much, there's so much to be learned from, there's a reason these things are core, are core fundamentals, right? And so from that perspective, you know, in, in listing like this, like when you, I think the gold with what you're doing with people is like it, you, like it gave me goosebumps. First of all, thanks for the nice, kind words. But like that you can hear what I do and how I show up and be like, okay, that's something that you can work with, right? And we oftentimes can't see that within ourselves. So what is that process like when you're working with somebody? I just ask questions and I'm, I'm just, as silly as it sounds, I'm just very present. Uh, I just, I watch people, I listen to people. I love asking questions. And it's usually about the topic they'd love 
the most, which is themselves. <laughs> <You know? laughs> totally. But it's fun though, because that's how I learn. And that's how, that's where I can see where they're, they're usually, people aren't usually missing a big step. They're usually over like trying to skip steps or they're overlooking something that, that, um, um, or trying to sidestep a process that they can't, one of those types of things. So, you know, it's about really understanding where that person is, where they've been and leveraging again, what they're good at. But, you know, that sounds very simple and it's almost trite, but it's, watching little things about a person. For example, if I were to get on a quote-unquote coaching call, um, I would just sit here and watch like how you reacted to certain questions. And But there's a process that you do have to guide people through where you think you want them to be and where you think they want to be. And that, where that difference is, is where all the genius and all the magic happens. God, I love that. And so with your, when you were saying you're watching them because you're, you're a camera guy since I'm not turning the camera off all the time. Um, but it is, I think being able to see probably how somebody responds is got to be priceless, right? It is. It is. And it's one of those things, not, I don't think everyone has, you know, a gives or tells like, it's like, it's not a constant poker game, but it kind of is. You can see where people get uncomfortable. You can see where they light up. And then if you take all, those are all data points. I'm really into human beings. Like I love tech. I love processes. I love systems, but it comes back down again, like you said, to the fundamentals with business. It's all about the fundamentals. Don't kid yourself. It's nothing more than the fundamentals when it comes to business or new markets. And like when you, we got excited about split testing, uh, different headlines, right? It's, it's a conversation. Like what we do in the podcasting space is, which is great is we have conversations, but I think a lot of people have the wrong conversations. Oh my God. Absolutely. And it's, it's this, um, I don't know, there's, there's so much, and I don't want to use the word hype. I think it's overrated, but there is a lot of noise. There is a lot going on there. And at some point, and I'm kind of an information junkie, I love this stuff, but at some point, like I have found myself gravitating towards medium because I'm just reading great content. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so all of a sudden I'm like, wow, people are really, I, I, I just feel this energetic shift where people are like, you know what? <laughs> There's got to be a better way to do this. And whatever that looks like to everybody, right? I mean, I keep joking around that I'm like, okay, you know, watch my watch three years. My son's out of here and like, I'm off to Costa Rica or somewhere, you know? And it's, so I'm looking, I find myself being pulled to, to people that are on that sort of same trajectory, right? And, and you're looking to cut through that noise because there, there is so much information out there. It's funny. I, I never, never used to like blogs or blogging. Uh, I'm always a, like an audio or video person. And that's, that's how I learned, to be honest with you. But in the past three months or so, Medium has definitely come up on my radar because I'm actually really paying attention when I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that attention space that we're trying to get. It's that engagement space. It's that actually following someone through their train of thought. That's actually quite priceless. We've lost that through all this ADHD, Snapchat, 10 seconds, we're done. Bam, bam, bam. No, it, it's, it's it's like a great read, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like I miss those, you know, like I haven't found a novel that like I've wanted to just dive into in a, in a while, but it's like, now I start looking for trilogies because if it's good, I want to just keep going. And it's like, you know, those late, so that's how medium feels to me. Like where you just want to curl up with it and like a, a cup of coffee or tea and just like you get inside of their head and there is this level of not just vulnerability, but um I, I think what I'm appeal, what appeals to me too about medium is, is 
and I, I think I might start writing there is I don't, I'm not going to be worried about the keywords and relevancy of whether it's going to drive traffic necessarily. It's, it's just a space to share a thought is kind of how I'm feeling. You know, if everyone listening right now, if you can capture the essence of what Kim just said, it's you know, creating that space where you feel like you want to curl up with something, someone, if you could do that for your brand, that is the best thing you could possibly ever do. So whatever media channel you decide to go with, create that essence. Listen to what Kim said again. Replay that over and over and over again until you get that through and through and you will do just fine. Thanks. Wow. You are like so good for my ego. <laughs> so what's what what where are you headed this year? Like what is on the horizon for you and for MVP Consulting? MVP Consulting is a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug <laughs> to help people you know, get on their feet. Uh, I love talking to people. I love you know, trying to create different tips and tools for people, you know, can I shortcut the process? But again, it comes back down to creating your own most valuable process. And my hope is for people to listen to how I've done it, you know, over the course of the show and to apply that in their own lives to create their own narrative for themselves. But for me, I'm a business guy. I want to create the next business for myself. And another, you know, I'm letting so many cats out of the bag today, but I'm going to be in the restaurant robotics space. You heard it here on Kim's show. The, the what? Restaurant robotics? Like you got it. What is that? Like s- robotic servers? So, okay. If you look at a restaurant, the process by which people cook, right? It, it's a very streamlined process, but you can automate those things. Robot automation is is the next industry. It's industry 4.0. That's it, how it's, it's coming. Yeah. It's definitely here. Uh, so I would like to be, you know, the, the Paul Revere for robotics or the Pied Piper of robotics in the restaurant space because my parents had restaurants growing up and they still do. One of the biggest problems I had was they were never home because of the restaurant and their relationship with the restaurant, not being able to, to, you know, either scale or someone not showing up, those types of things. And as business owners, one of those weird dynamics is, and it always comes up, if I only had one more person here, if I only had one extra hand. Oops, I felt that in retail and it wasn't even my own thing. I, I, I have a friend who had a restaurant, same thing. It was like, it becomes... I always say, I'm like, how do people do that? Because it seems like it really becomes their life, like living at the restaurant. Exactly. But you know, that's not what life is about. And I'm sure that question comes up. Is this what my life is all about? Don't I have more to contribute to life? And you do. One of the things, we go back to business fundamentals. And the goal, I believe, for not everybody, but for a business is to be self-sustaining, give it its own life. So that's a franchising model. What happens with a lot of franchising models that they don't succeed because they don't get executed, they don't get implemented, they don't get quote-unquote processed where you have you know a procedural guide to take you through the steps from A to Z. That's what we're going to be seeing very soon in different spaces, different industries. But in, I want to be, you know, that I guess a founding father of the robotics uh, restaurant industry, for sure. I, that is so fascinating. I can't wait to see where that goes. And of course, now I'm going to have to go Google it and look it up and, and just... <laughs> Uh, see where it's going. Of course, I legend popped into my head as you were talking about that. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's interesting because when you hear about sort of these uh, future opportunities and it seems so far out yet, you know, there was a time, you know, gosh, I was thinking, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago when it was like our phones were just phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's all, a lot of it is as business owners, we have to obviously produce content today to put money on the table, all those things. But if you're looking to create a new career or a, you know, a new future for yourself, go to where, where you think the puck's going to be, not where the puck is today. In the podcasting space, for example, 
technically, I think I missed the podcasting um, boom or whatever you want to call it by a couple of years. Really? I do. Uh, the space is so noisy. Uh, and I think unless you're niching down into your podcast and your topic, you're going to get lost in the crowd. You, it's just, it's going to yeah. be very difficult. So I'm not going to miss this next ride. And this actually hits my core competencies. And, you know, we're talking back to how we've succeeded, how I've succeeded in the past. Um, it, it just, it's right in line with everything that I want to do and how I can provide a better life for people. I mean, this is a very big topic, but we, we think about robotics replacing people and people's jobs. How many people love those jobs to begin with? And what would it be like if we could actually create a better job for that person? For example, let's say, let's take McDonald's, for example. Um, instead of being a burger flipper or whatever, which is nothing's wrong with that, but wouldn't it be cool if you could be the tech behind the thing that's flipping the burgers? I mean, you know, and get paid a ton more. So those types of opportunities will come up and it's, it's a matter of you know, creating that narrative correctly for an industry with existing technologies because all these technologies exist today and they have existed probably about 50 years if you look back to the automotive space and something that just really has been on my mind every single day for the past probably six weeks and I, it's, I can't not think about it. It's crazy. Um, I'm totally going to dig into this. You know what it made me think of, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is um, and I hadn't known this, I forget, I was listening to a podcast where I learned this. But like Kodak, right? Big, huge Kodak, which is sadly no longer, but they had the technology for digital images and whatnot, right? They had that technology in the 70s, -hmm. but they thought that they were in the film business, not in the memory business, right? (laughs) And so you look at that and it's like, you're getting Mel excited to want to go do some like history reading in essence, because again, you go back to technologies that were around or, you know, we, at one point the industrial revolution was all it was. And again, there's opportunity as opposed to getting rid of jobs. It's like, what are the opportunities that this can create? And, and I honestly think that where you see people, um, again, bringing up like the tiny house movement, it, people are wanting their lives back. I mean, I, I, I feel that way. I'm like, I love my business, but I kind of want my life back. Like I am tr- I, I I don't go online a ton on the weekends anymore. I want my evenings to like I want to spend time with people I care about. I want to do other things and I love what I do. Um so there's a ton of opportunity as opposed it and it's all perception, right? I mean, you literally reframed that because a lot of people will hear um yeah, you're gonna take jobs away, but there's so many other opportunities that come out of all of that. There are. And the problem it's not a problem, but I think the cautionary tale is to not miss those opportunities. Don't get lost in the backwash behind what's coming. It's coming. It's a matter of whether or not you're just going to be prepared for it or not. And going back to your Kodak, Kodak example, it's funny because Kodak was actually a big, big player in the whole document scanning industry. Their tech was sound. So yeah, I mean, you know, we look at different companies missing different opportunities and like leveraging their core competencies is because they get either, you know, stuck in a conversation or a a narrative and they're unable to reframe themselves. And again, it's about showing up just the way you know you can, but just not being afraid to do so. My God, Chuck, I could talk to you all day. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is, I'm super excited. So where's the best place for people to connect with you? Right now, just go to MVP.consulting. And just check out you know, the podcast and, and take away great tips and tools and definitely check out Kim's podcast. <laughs> and is there a way that people can work with you or like on the MVP.consulting? Can they reach out and connect with you? Sure, absolutely. I mean, 
my suggestion is just to go through, you know, listen through a few, a few podcasts first to see if the conversation is even relevant to you. I want you to spend your time wisely. And so just kind of, you know, do your own due diligence before you reach out. <laughs> Amen. Um, everybody. So I will have all the links again in the show notes for everything. And I definitely suggest reaching out to Chuck. Uh, he's pretty active on Twitter. Um, I will have those links in the show notes as well. As always, thanks for listening. As usual, would love a review in iTunes if, you've, if, if you're up for it. So thanks again, everybody.